0: Now it's time to cut through the clutter and noise with one of the South's most recognized voices. Just saying. This is Just Saying with Jason Scarborough. Jason, what's up, brother? You may not always agree with him, but he's just saying. Now let's get to it with the man, the myth, the legend, well, most days. Here's Jason Scarborough.
1: Oh, off we go for episode nine. We haven't really done that many of these when you think about it. Episode nine, the latest episode of Just Saying with yours truly, Jason Scarborough. Glad that you're with us wherever you're listening. iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Music, Spotify. Then let's see, the TuneIn Radio app. Yeah. Stitcher. I think we're still on Stitcher. You'll have to tell me because I'll have to hear from one of you because I don't use Stitcher. (laughs) Just being honest, I don't even know what it is. But we were on there one time, that one time. Don't know if we're on there anymore. So, at any rate, hope you're doing well wherever you're listening, as it is uh, another week of just saying. And, again, it's going to be football heavy, and then we're going to take a break next week. I'll go ahead and tell you that. Probably not a good idea to do that right at the beginning of the show. But we will be taking a break next week because we are going to be on location recording audibles, our signature show. We've got some interviews to record on location next week and some planning and whatnot that we'll have to go into that. So all week next week, really starting this weekend, we'll begin preparations and plans for more sit-down interviews of audibles with jason scarborough of course you can catch that show on wjtv news channel 12 in jackson on sunday nights at 1105 also on whlt 22 cbs 22 in hattiesburg and always catch it on our youtube channel which is now over 1 million views thank you to all of you who have made this happen 1 million views And that channel has only been in existence. We brought that channel into existence August 14th, 2019. So we are two years and two months and two weeks on the nose. We're at 1 million. Two years, two months, two weeks. That's insane. Think about it. Oh, that's crazy. So thanks to everyone who has subscribed. We're over 1,000 subscribers now. For those of you who create content on YouTube, you know that that is a big threshold and a very important threshold to get over 1,000 subscribers. So thank you to all of you who subscribe to this podcast and our YouTube channel and also download the Roku channel, Audibles. All you got to do is search your Roku device, search for Audibles and it's free. You can watch interviews with everyone from Lane Kiffin to Mike Leach to Dr. Kim Sessoms to Max Howell. So, a packed show for you. It is college football heavy. We do have Max Howell, the coach. He will be joining us here in just a little bit. We'll sit down with him and talk about college football and kind of get his take on what all happened last weekend and what you can expect this weekend. He's got an interesting take on the Ole Miss-Auburn game coming up Saturday night on the Plains. He's got some harsh words for Alabama. He really does. It's interesting to hear him take this stance. So he'll jump on here in about 10 minutes or so. So we'll talk to the coach next. Then we'll have on Jason Crowder. He's with WFCA in French Camp, Mississippi. He does a lot of work for Mississippi State University. He is the play-by-play voice for women's basketball at Mississippi State. He does MSU game day on WFCA. It's a 100,000-watt game. Uh, FM station here in Mississippi, covers a lot of ground. Uh, Let's see, what else does he do? He does SEC updates, so whenever you see SEC update on our platforms, that's Jason that puts that together. He does a little bit of everything for Mississippi State and for WFCA, and he will join us to talk about how does he feel the progress of the Mississippi State football program? How's it coming to him Uh, We'll ask him that question. So Jason will join us uh, here in about 30 minutes or so, about a half hour, give or take. And then Keith Carter, Athletics Director at Ole Miss. How did Saturday go retiring Eli Manning's jersey in front of a packed house, blowout win over LSU? How did it look through his eyes? And you want to hear the conversation that he had with Eli Manning before he walked out. You're going to want to hear about that. So, we'll have Keith Carter on to talk about that. Big plans coming up. All sorts of plans coming up on campus there at Ole Miss. You don't want to miss that. We will ask him about Lane Kiffin, his name, being tossed around or mentioned in connection with a lot of job openings, including the leader in the clubhouse is LSU. So, we'll ask Keith about that. So, you don't want to miss that. And that will be coming up here in about an hour so. Uh, tune in for that. So, Max Howell, Jason Crowder. And then Keith Carter. So here's my take on Lane Kiffin going to LSU. He's not going to LSU. He's not going to LSU. He is not going to LSU. I need to say that several times so it gets through to people. He's not going to LSU. (laughs) Why would he? Why would he go to LSU? Well, it's a top five program. Okay. Okay. Even after all of their missteps and their mishandling and just the horrific culture that is LSU football on campus there and their treatment of of women specifically, yeah, it's still a top-five job. But is it a top-five job enough to pull away Lane Kiffin from Oxford? No. Well, if you're going to make $12 million a year, yeah, that's the number they're tossing around that they're going to pay Lane Kiffin $12 million a year to come to LSU because I guess that's what Jimbo's getting in, in College Station, so LSU fans and, and boosters and backers, they're, they're going to that. They're going to pay him $12 million a year. Well, that might be difficult because you got to think about all the financial obligations and fees and problems that LSU has right now. Before it's said and done, it's going to cost upwards of $100 million between the buyout and getting rid of Coach Ogeron. And make no mistake about it, they're getting rid of him. I understand the press conference a couple of weeks ago looked amicable and looked cozy, and Scott Wilber was saying, hey, you better come, out, come hang out with me on the bayou. It's not cozy. They're getting rid of Ogeron. So between that buyout, the $50 million federal lawsuit, sexual assault lawsuit, class action lawsuit that is going to be litigated or maybe it's already, maybe litigation proceedings have already begun. You think that's going to be the only federal investigation or federal lawsuit that's going to come against the school as a result of the investigations into all the title nine missteps and allegations. You think that's going to be the only class action lawsuit that the school is going to have to contend with financially one way or the other. You would have to think that there's more coming. So as a coach, why would you go get in the middle of all that? Well, it's $12 million. Would you turn down $12 million? You have to ask that question within context. Well, what's the job? Tell me about the job. $12 million is a lot of money. A year. But I don't think they can pay that. I don't think they're going to pay that. They can't. Even LSU. They can't pay $12 million a year. This is a program that deserves to be on the death penalty. They deserve the death penalty more than any program that I can think of. And you guys know my disdain for Alabama. But LSU deserves the death penalty more than any collegiate program that I can think of right now. Let's not forget the basketball situation. Will Wade is on wiretaps with the FBI. (laughs) I mean, all that's been swept under the rug by the NCAA. Nothing to see here. And now you have all of this coming out. The USA Today report that hit about a year ago, or about ten months ago, whatever the case is now, on all the missteps, Darius Geis, all the other players. You think that one fifty million dollar class action federal lawsuit is the only one that's going to make it to federal court? Not a chance. So let's go back to Lane Kiffin. Why would he leave Oxford after only two seasons to go to LSU? Well, you can win at LSU. Well, you don't have to look very far. Go back to last Saturday, and you see that the competition is not as slanted in the direction as Baton Rouge as you might think. Well, Ogeron's a lame duck coach. So you're telling me that those players rolled out there in Oxford, and they did not want to win. I love how we make excuses for the LSUs and the Alabamas and the USCs and the Ohio States, but for some reason – Certain things don't factor in when it comes to Ole Miss or Mississippi State or, I don't know, schools that aren't considered, well, I'll say it, favorites of their league. Ole Miss blew LSU out with a quarterback playing on one leg, without two wide receivers, without two offensive linemen. Now one of them is gone for the year. Without the starting tight end, starting running back coming off concussion protocol, but On Ely but the touchdown run looked pretty good Saturday. That was a 31-7 game. Yeah, I know the final score was 31-17, but make no mistake about it. That was a 31-7 beat down. And Corral was playing on one leg. So let's let's just take that piece. You're going to leave that to go to LSU? You can win at LSU. Ole Miss is 6-1, and one. ranked number nine in the country. When the playoff rankings come out, if they can get by Auburn... Saturday night on the Plains. They'll be seven and one. Playoff rankings come out next Tuesday. They could be higher. They could be sniffing the college football playoff in Kiffin's honestly his first full year. Yes, it's going to go down as a second year. This is really his first year, just like it's Mike Leach's first year, right? Last year just is it's hard to count that. Also, Lane does not want to be known as someone. Like he's always been known, you're there for two years, you're there for three years, and then you're gone. He's been there, done that, didn't turn out very well. Well, he's, he's not going to turn down this amount of money. He's been there and done that too. He's 45 years old. He was the youngest modern-day NFL head coach at the time for the Raiders. He's had the money. He's had all the fame. He's had all the – he's had it all. He wants to build something at Ole Miss – He's not going to LSU. Because here's the other thing. Lane knows, as much as everyone else knows, you leave Ole Miss after this year. You go to LSU. And you don't have an SEC West championship, or worse, a Natty. In three years, you're gone. Look what they just did to a guy who called the LSU job his dream job. He's a native of Louisiana, from cutoff Louisiana, as Tim Brando. Louisiana native in his own right, said about Ogeron. That was his dream job. He wins a championship in 2019. All those more Brady and Emsminger and Aranda, the coordinators, and, of course, having Joe Burrow didn't hurt. But he'll be credited with the national championship in 2019, and here we are two seasons later, he's gone. You don't think they're going to chase somebody like Lane off if he doesn't have a natty? Or at worst, an SEC West title in three years? All right, you get chased off from LSU. What happens after? Where do you go from there? Is anyone going to touch him after that? I doubt it. Very seriously doubt it. So all these message boards and Baton Rouge and all these boosters and all these supporters, y'all enjoy Lane because he's coming here next year. No, he's not. Why would he lead the team that just did that to that LSU team? Why would he do that? (laughs) I mean, let's not forget all the federal investigation stuff. Why would you get in the middle of all that? And let's not forget our guest coming up later is Ole Miss Athletics Director Keith Carter. Lane Kiffin and Keith Carter have a great relationship. They're about the same age. Some head coaches and ADs, they just click. Some don't. Lane and Keith click. Click. And, I, and I'm talking about him on a first-name basis like I'm BFFs with him. I'm not, but Lane and Keith have a great relationship. Lane loves Oxford, and you don't think he loves Oxford even more after the Eli Manning jersey retirement Saturday, how all that went down in front of a full house? You don't think he loves Oxford? <laughs> have you been to Baton Rouge lately? Okay. I'll just leave it there. Oxford has everything for Lane Kiffin that he could possibly want. Look at where this program is in year two. Technically year two, but really year one. Full season, full stands, tailgating tents full. Everything's back to normal, right? And look where this program is. Number nine ranking, Heisman Trophy contending quarterback, even without all of his weapons. Even without a third of his weapons, Why would he leave that? It's insane. Can't say money. Can't say what he can win there. He's winning at Ole Miss. He's not going to LSU. So just just cool it. He's not going to LSU. And if he does, I'll gladly come on this program and eat crow. It won't be the first time I've had to eat crow. It won't be the last time. So big guest list coming up. Hope you'll stick around for that. It should be a lot of fun. Once again, the guest list, Max Howell. Coach Max Howell coming up here in just a couple of minutes. And actually, he's going to come up here in about actually about 60 seconds or so. So, we'll take a break. Coach Max Howell next. And then uh, Jason Crowder with WFCA and the Mississippi State Football Radio Network. And later on, Ole Miss Athletic Director Keith Carter and what he said to Eli Manning before he walked out into the field for his jersey retirement ceremony. You don't want to miss that. Just saying on the spirit media network, we are presented by King's daughter's medical center in Brookhaven online at KDMC.org. We take a break, come back with a coach in a moment right here on the spirit media network.
2: During times of uncertainty, it's comforting to know we have a healthcare system in our community. That's been committed to supporting us for well over a century. In this current time, We are standing together, and our bond is stronger than ever. KDMC, caring for our community like no one else can. Hey, sports fans. This football season, MDOT wants to ensure you get to your game day destination safely. So before you hit the road to watch your favorite team, be sure to download the MDOT traffic app. The M.TRAFFIC app is free for both Apple and Android devices. And remember to drive smart on the way to the game. That means buckling up, obeying the speed limit, and avoiding distracted driving, especially when traveling in work zones. For more information, follow at DOT on Facebook and Twitter.
0: topic you'd like discussed on just saying shoot jason an email it's really that simple jason at spiritmedianet.com you never know when your topic or even you may make an appearance on the show now let's roll on here on just saying
1: we welcome you back to just saying here on the spirit media network and broadcasting on spotify google play itunes let's see where else are we I think we're still on TuneIn Radio, and for sure, I'm really excited about us being on Amazon Music. That's so cool. To, to me, personally, because I use Amazon Music on a regular basis, so it's really the only place that you can find Garth Brooks, his entire library. You can't find it on iTunes. There's only one place he puts it, and that's on Amazon Music, so I'm a big Garth fan, so there you go. And just a lot to get into, and, and we're at the mid-season point of college football, and our next guest, you just know him as Coach, that's how we know him. Coach Max Howell. He's on the KDMC Guest Line. And there's a couple of matchups this week, but I want to go back to to last week. What stood out to you, if if anything, overall, just in the SEC college football? Was there anything, what's that one thing that jumped out to you, if anything, last week?
3: Well, I think the, I guess, inconsistency of Alabama, I will say that to start with. Because, uh, you know, everybody tries to match up what they do. And I know, Lady me keep his roots practice, just like Coach Saban, and every other coach has ever worked for him, and- uh he's kind of the model of perfection and all and they had so many they had so many blow ups on the defensive side. Uh that they could they couldn't get the signals in, they will miscommunicate, the corner was out of position twice and they got two big hits off of that. It just think it to, to a block punt and they got called for roughly the punter, they never make those kind of mistakes. I think that probably to me jumped out more than anything else. And, and mainly because they have set the standards so high, and rare ever have those kind of miscommunication and no or penalty causes as well. So, you know, I think that was uh, they, you know, they struggled a there for three quarters and came back. Ended up scoring fifty-two, I believe, did that ball game against Tennessee. That probably was uh, the thing that, that really, uh, you know, you've heard me say before, James. I, I watch ball games by myself <laughs> when I have preconceived ideas about things. If they don't work out, I'm pretty vocal, to say the least. That's the old coach coming out. And I, I almost threw my phone through the TV. I restrained myself because the monetary cost on that would have been much more than the, 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 the confusion that was causing the frustration, I think. But anyway, that uh, that was the way, the thing I took away for, really from the whole weekend. Other games, you know, that really came out kind of like I thought they would. There was some upset some nationally, but uh, I think, you know, we we center mostly around the SEC and what happens here in this part of the country. And Alabama got themselves for that win. did get themselves back up. OBS wins big against LSU. They blew up. Mississippi State wins at Vanderbilt. They should have. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be interested to talk a little bit about their game in Kentucky this week as well would be scored over
1: too. Yeah, so a friend of mine as far as that whole throwing stuff at the TV, so he gets this uh he'll, he'll go and get a TV from a pawn shop. <laughs> and he'll hang it out on his patio and that's where he'll watch the uh, the games of his selected yeah. team of choice that way right that way if, if he throws if he pulls a Tennessee and wants to throw a mustard bottle or a dip juice bottle or a vape pen or whatever at the TV he'll be okay it, it won't be it won't sure. be financially as difficult to replace because he got it from a pawn shop so I'm like that's, that's pretty smart
3: yeah, yeah try fifty five and seventy five inch T V give you the flat screen and try to throw something at it and see how it's gonna cost you replace that. Plus if you use your cell phone, add another eight over on, on top of
1: it. Yeah, so. it's just just not worth it in the end. No. I do want to go back to the old Miss game because I'm watching that game with a group of people and I was surprised, I really was, that Ole Miss was able to win and win the way that they did with a fairly vanilla offensive game plan. They couldn't do much because they didn't have the personnel and they ran right. for nearly 300 yards. That That's what impressed me was they, they knew that Matt Corral was banged up. They knew that he was sore from the previous week at Tennessee. They knew they didn't have Mingo. They didn't have Braylon Sanders. Offensive line, and now it comes out this week that Ben Brown, beloved offensive lineman for Ole Miss, he's done for the year. Just a lot of injuries. And for Ole Miss to be up 31 – you know, it's like one person told me, that was really a 31-7 ball game. You know, LSU gets 10 garbage points in the final moments. But that that was really a blowout win. For Ole Miss to blow LSU out that way, and really with a vanilla offensive game plan was – impressive to me am i am i seeing that wrong because they they were pretty vanilla on offense am i saying that right
3: yeah you are but I, i'll tell you this they won't this week it was that no i can promise because always a lot be- a lot better river river lsu was out was without their first two starting quarters is the best defensive tackle also you know they, they probably had watched that on the tape and picked out the weaknesses of the defense and you know it's it, I, th- I think took advantage of that. But that's what, you know, is a good football coach. He's, he's a good offensive man, and he's going to take advantage of, you know, everything that he can wherever he is. If we've seen it happen all year, we saw it at Tennessee, you know, we see with the close ones, we see, with, you know, with they have the upper hand. They will take advantage of that, and I think they did this past weekend.
1: I'm curious to find out what you really feel about the – the largest outdoor cocktail party, whatever it is they call it. I mean, I can't ever get that thing right. But Georgia and Florida, neutral site Jacksonville, this usually is one of the more anticipated games of the football season, particularly in SEC country. Does Florida have a chance? I mean, what, what do they do to keep this thing close in the fourth quarter and make it interesting, or, or can they?
3: Well, it's good, it really is going to determine about the defensive side of the ball at Florida. God Grantham is a period I don't know what's happened between the two of them but their their signals are different. they aren't getting along very well, and they're not agreeing on uh different coverages and so forth and i just write down the way Georgia's playing i don't i think i think georgia line i think line i 14 and to half I think Georgia wins by twenty plus they just Florida has got they've got some internal problems not only with the staff or Todd Grant it uh dead but they've got some personnel problems. What's he going to do about his quarterback situation? You know, is he going to leave the jones in there? Is he going to bring Richardson there. You know? you know, all that's confusion to the kids more than anything else. Normally, you know, Dan Mullen will straighten some of that out. I think it's gone too far this year. Uh, I think, you know, they, they've just got uh, some of the guys, they've had some interest along the way. But Dan's lost in, I don't know why he's lost interest or what. I, I kind of did a little background check. When he got his last raise, he went from, like six to seven and a half million dollars a year last year. Nobody, he everybody knows it works for He doesn't like to recruit, that's first. Being at Florida, not being able to not wanting to recruit, that's almost you know, that's a death nail for you because you're sitting in a state that's got 200 people with players, you know, all you got to get 15 of them, and that shouldn't be any, any hard thing to do. But they don't do it every year for what, whatever reason. He's coached them up, particular quarterback situation, but there's other things, the word I've heard internally down there that, that he's satisfied right now. If they want to go ahead and fire him, pay him off, all he wants to do is go be the NFL field quarterback coach. And I think that would satisfy him right now. He's reached his goal. He coached two national championships there as an assistant coach. Came back, got the head coach job. That all looks great on the resume. I'll be interested to see how it plays out. It, he, he's not in trouble this year. But if this same attitude goes forward another year, yeah, There'll be changes to the next year I can
1: approach you. Yeah, it seems like based on the conversation that we had on air a couple of weeks ago, and just from, you know, reading some of the tea leaves, he's that seat's a little warmer than, than people might expect. And you, you let them go in and lay an egg. I mean, I don't think anybody expects them to win uh, that game against Georgia this weekend. But... You let them go in there and just completely lay an egg, don't even show up. Yeah, that seat's going to get a lot warmer. So Mississippi State, they host number 12, Kentucky. This game has a different feel to it because, well, Kentucky is nationally ranked. This is a program that Mark Stoops, we talked about it the last couple of weeks. I mean, what a tremendous job that Coach Stoops has done in building this program brick by brick in a state that, obsesses over basketball and puts basketball above everything he's done it at a school that obsesses over basketball and puts basketball over everything else so for for him to be able to do what he's done there is impressive now they come to Starkville Saturday night a six o'clock kick so you know Mississippi State coming off a win against Vanderbilt, it's Vanderbilt. <laughs> I think everybody said that this That's week. True. It's Vanderbilt, but it did build their confidence a bit. Will Rogers played. I was shocked to see him play, if you want to know the truth. I didn't think that he would, but he did. Seemed to play well. Does State have a chance? Because this game is in Starville and the Cowbells will be ringing. It's a night game. It'll be a great environment. The State have a chance to knock off Kentucky? How do you see this matchup playing you know, out?
3: I, you know, I don't much think it's going to matter how Mississippi State plays. It's going to be what Kentucky does. Uh, in my opinion, from observation, Kentucky will have to lose the game. They played too well. they got too much talent. They're going to run the football and keep the ball out of the hands of the offense on the other side. They've got two outstanding running backs. I think Mark Stevens did the best job of any of the coaches in the SEC and used the transfer portal. He's, he's starting quarterback, one running back, and two offensive linemen, all keep from other schools. Most of my starters in the Big Ten, by the way, and he's mowing them together, and they won. Uh, they're going to look at Alabama's field. They're going to look at what Alabama did to them defensively, and try to, you know, try to match that up. Now we know that, that Mike's not going to throw the, i not going to run the football. I mean, he's going to try to throw it 60 times, and uh, if he, I'll say this, if he. Throws it 50 to 5 to 60 times. If the longest pass he throws is 125 yards and everything else is less than 10 yards, they won't win. Mm. Mainly because he won't have the football that, time, that long to throw that many, to, to run that many offensive snaps. Because remember, Kentucky's a minor foot to foot run, run the ball. They're not going to throw very much, low play action. But they got two big running backs that can run, and the, the offensive front is very good. So I, I'd say. It'd have to be an off night for Kentucky. I think Mississippi State, what we'd lose or draw, have to play their best ball game uh, if it would be Kentucky this week. I got Kentucky for Levin Wood, I'll be honest with you. Really? Yep.
1: That kind of that kind of caught me flat footed a little bit there. They, you think they're going to finish 11 look,
3: 1. Look at, look at where they've been and look who they got left to play. Yeah. I think they got Vanderbilt in Missouri and Mississippi State.
1: <laughs> so you tell me. <laughs> Not too crazy to think that. But but even if you hear that, I mean, yeah, you're looking at the remaining schedule. But even hearing that Kentucky football could finish 11 and one and with a top mm-hmm. 10 ranking, I mean, th- think about that that statement. You know, that that's why you know you and I have these conversations all fair and then sometimes on air about how fans are, and, and you try to tell them, look. Football, college football is so fluid and, and, and it's so razor thin. The margin of error is razor thin when it comes to winning. And you look at where Kentucky football was just, let's just say three seasons ago, two seasons ago. They were building, yes, but no one really took them serious. Now they're on the cusp of finishing, like you just said, 11-1 and one in a top yep. 10 finish. That That's crazy to think, isn't it?
3: Well, it really is. It's based on history. But you know, like Mark. They've done everything. You know, they've they've got a ton of money from Kroger. They've had the Kroger field. They've redone all the facilities. I don't know where you've been on campus in a, in a while or not, but they're they're, they're top of the line. I mean, this stuff, this stuff looks like you're walking on in Alabama. In Alabama's restaurant. I mean, it's it's really high and marketable facilities to recruit to. But he's taking advantage of, of what where he is and what he's doing. And he, actually, Jason, he's taking advantage of the of the enthusiasm of what basketball has been because Calipari didn't do too well last year. You know, it's kind of funny. They give him a lifetime contract there. I mean, if they want to fire him, it's going to cost him a minimum of $50 million uh, to get him out of there. Gracious. So it is, and there's some guys that would put up to try to get that done, by the way. But he's taking advantage of that enthusiasm and moved it away from basketball into football. And, uh, I mean, you, they have a sellout. They play hard. The kids do the enthusiasm. The student body uh, enthusiasm spilt over to the team, to the field. Really, would they play, play? Really pay attention to to the particularly when they play at home and on the TV. Just watch a quarter, would day, Would uh, not in know? It's ball game that they're playing. They're they just they've come to the point where they play like an SEC school now, and that's just because of Mark Stoops and what he wanted to do he's had an opportunity or two to leave. He has got a great deal there. And I, I don't blame him. I'd stay right there to you know to the the put me. So uh I think uh, I, I think that's why I look at what where he is, what he's done and uh come to take it. It, it because remember the Mississippi State the offense is a little unorthodox to say the least. It, uh, and it takes a special uh game plan to attack that and come away with a win. So and it takes a little talent too, by the way. Don't just you're not just gonna line up with a different scheme on the defensive side to stop that pass attack. But if you've got athletes that can do it, and I think Kentucky's got enough, that'll be interesting to see how they how they come out on Saturday.
1: He's Coach Max Howell on the KDMC Guest Line right here on Just Saying, Jason Scarborough. We are driven by the Mississippi Department of Transportation, reminding you MDOT's road to game day is your destination to safety every single weekend, your college football or high school football game destination of choice. Download the MDOT Traffic app on either platform, whether you've got an iPhone uh, an Android device, whatever device you've got. Download it for free, and that'll keep you in between the ditches, as we like to say here in the South. So, Ole Miss Auburn, th- this is the last game we'll preview because no one gives a rip about Missouri and Vanderbilt, just being honest. that That's our who cares I game forget of they, the
3: week. I forget they, yeah,
1: I forget they play at SEC. <laughs> it's, it's a 2 p.m. Central kick, and I, you know, it's at Vanderbilt. Yep. There, there might be 2,000 fans there. Anyway, well, yeah, so true. you've got number, number nine, Ole Miss, they're number 10 in, in another poll. It just depends on which poll you look at. Auburn's ranked number 18 in one. I think 17 in the other. So, Ole Miss goes on the planes. This has been a, a tight game the last couple of years. You've got an Ole Miss offense that ran very vanilla. As you just said moments ago, they can't do that this week. The Ole Miss defense has kind of been the story the last couple of weeks. After giving up 51 against Arkansas, they have somehow seemingly, in some ways, kind of found – their rhythm a little bit Sam Williams leads the SEC in sacks Ole Miss is number 12 in team sacks nationally Chance Campbell has been a nice surprise for Ole Miss defensively they feel like they can keep Bo Nix in check yes he's athletic but he's still Bo Nix is what you hear around the conference so uh, what does either team have to do to pull off the win and how do you see that matchup playing out
3: well, you know that line started was what I call a pickup game. I think a home game if the home team's not favored more than three points, it's a pickup ball game. Well, that game started off at two and a half Auburn favorite. Yesterday it went to Wood Ole Miss, yeah. uh favor. So there's some guys out there that feel like Ole Miss has really got a chance. Ole Miss can't afford to make a mistake. Uh, I've been in that stadium a hundred times and played in that stadium. We coached in that stadium. And uh, I'm telling you, it's a, it's a different place, a different attitude over there for some reason. And now that I, maybe you may have not read, uh, there is a coaching conflict going on on that campus because the coaches refused the vaccination. The, the governor has said the universities have the right to, to be their employees mm-hmm. uh, to take, take the shot. So we're going to see how that works. It's a big flat going on over there about that, uh, about how that will work out now. I think the worst they could do is make him sit in the press box or, you know, just keep him off the sidelines. I think that'll be, make a, a lot of difference uh, if that happens. I have no idea where it is or not. I have not heard it every either week where we know if anything comes from it. But little things like that in a ball game where both teams are pretty evenly matched, you know, I, I, I'd say this to you. If all of had to go to Oxford this week, I'd say, oh, this would be hands down. I don't know about over there. I really don't. But you can't tell how how Dick's is gonna play. I mean, you know, he goes out there and runs wild against uh, LSU and, and the guy the guy's not Johnny Benzel, he didn't have that kind of speed, but he was effective doing that. Well, well last week he goes to Arkansas and, you know, they score what, thirty eight on Arkansas and uh and he you know, stays in the pocket and does what he's supposed to do. Uh I think the 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 thing you have to worry about with Auburn is is Dick's gonna throw, be able to throw the ball but the Bigsby kid is, is one of the better running backs in the SEC. That's been good before. But he's not been effective or efficient in the last couple of ball games. I don't know whether that's the, by play calling or what. I have, have not had a chance just to sit and watch a whole ball game with him. I will this weekend. So I, I'd say it's even the Ole Miss has got just as good a chance as Auburn does, other than the fact that Auburn's got to really consider Auburn with a home field advantage there. But if Ole Miss plays their ball game, uh, I, I really like the way Kiffin picks and chooses what, you know, his play calling against whatever defense is out there. I think Obis can win the ball game, but they can't turn it over. They can't throw a pick. And Carrasco has to run the ball. So he, he can't run it 30 times like he did against Tennessee. But he needs to run it 10 to 12 times, 15 times on critical situations to make them, make that offense effective. And, of course, the other running backs have got to carry the load as well. So, I you know, I think whoever goes into the, the fourth quarter, Leading that ball game, I think they got a chance to come out with
1: a win. Yeah, what's interesting about talking about taking care of the football, Ole Miss is taking care of the football pretty well uh, so far yeah. this season. So you expect that trend to continue. Of course, you know when you're going on the road, you know all, all bets are off. You just never know what's going to happen. So those will be the games Thanks. we'll be watching this weekend. you got four SEC games on the slate. You just heard Coach Howell and I go through them. The Who Cares game of the week is Missouri at Vanderbilt, 2 o'clock kick, Central Time. The greatest outdoor cocktail party, whatever they call it, uh, Georgia at Florida, number one Georgia. That's 2.30 kick on CBS. Then you've got Ole Miss and Auburn uh, on the plane, 6 o'clock kick. I believe that's on ESPN. And then Mississippi State hosting Kentucky at 6 o'clock, number 12 Kentucky. So those are The game's coming up this weekend, and Coach Howell, as always, appreciate your time breaking down SEC football and college football. Should be a fun weekend, and we'll do it again next week.
3: I'm always available, Jason. Always my pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: He's Coach Max Howell on the KDMC guest line. Appreciate him, as always. And, hey, if you didn't get a chance to see his sit-down with us for Audible's Episode 6, it's up on our YouTube channel, our Roku channel, and – for some reason, Facebook has given us fits. We'll have it up on Facebook at some point, but Facebook has given us fits this week. They do that sometimes, so, but you can check it out on YouTube and a Roku channel, and it'll be there. We encourage you to check it out as we do all of our programming there on our YouTube channel and Roku channel. So we'll roll on here just saying as we continue in a moment right here on The Spirit media network when it comes
2: to cooking meals drying clothes heating water and my home natural gas from CenterPoint energy is the best way to go it saves money offers comfort and is better for the environment so whether you're buying a new home or just replacing appliances go with clean burning affordable natural gas from right here in the u.s
0: at center point energy we're investing in infrastructure to help bring comfort and savings to you visit centerpointenergy.com natural gas benefits to learn more Center Point Energy, always there. Family owned and operated since 1986, Lakeside Molding has become the trusted source of architectural products throughout the South. They offer fine interior architectural moldings, custom millwork, and cabinet doors designed and handcrafted in flow wood. Their showroom on Lakeland Drive is stocked with today's most sought-after interior details, including corbels, posts, fireplace mantles, bath vanities, butcher block islands, mirrors, and much more. Tim Shoemaker and his staff work closely to meet client needs for new construction, restoration, and remodeling projects. Side molding where details make the difference. Just Sayin' is presented by King's Daughters Medical Center, providing quality care in a Christian environment. Visit KDMC.org to learn more about the KDMC Touch in caring for you and your family.
1: Now, here's Jason. All right, we welcome you back to Just Saying right here on the Spirit Media Network. Glad that you're with us wherever you're listening, possibly on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. We're now on Amazon Music. It's kind of a big deal. I I really enjoy having our stuff on Amazon. So just search for Just Saying with yours truly, Jason Scarborough. And you'll be able to find interviews like our next guest on the KDMC Guest Line. It's been a minute, although I saw you a couple of weeks ago, and uh, always good to see you and catch up with you. He's Jason Crowder from WFCA. I mean, I could go through the list of things that you do for Mississippi State, but we'd be here for a while, right? I mean, you do a little bit of everything for Mississippi State, particularly, Darren. I guess you could start from August and go all the way through June, right? From baseball, football, women's basketball, you do a little bit of everything.
4: got do. As much baseball for state, I covered for WFCA as I used to. Jim Ellis is, you know, of course, the full time play by play guy, so there's no reason for anybody to back him up. And I will say this I was going to make the joke that, yeah, I get people's coffee, like, you know, Matt Wyatt and stuff. And then I got to thinking last game, I actually did get Matt Wyatt's coffee. And I was sitting in the radio booth for the whole game, and I don't mind getting people's coffee, so I'm making a joke. I mean I would even go in there and and I've asked people before, hey, do you need something? I'll ask the engineer Ross Swanner, I've even asked Neil Price or fantastic play by play voice, you know, hey, you guys need something, need a water? I'm going, you know. So I do not mind being a gopher. I mean, it's kinda in my nature just to be nice. But Matt asked me, he said, Hey, he had to get back on the air and he's like, Hey, while you're in line, will you go ahead and just get me a coffee? And I said, absolutely. So Anthony Craven, the PA voice, heard it, and he was dying out laughing. He was like, hey, Jason, by the way, while you're in there, will you grab me? And I was like, shut up, Anthony. <laughs> so, and by the way, one reason why I didn't notice you at first is because I was focused on food. I was wondering if you were
1: going to, I was just messing with you when I saw you, by the way. You know that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, had to, I know. I kind of walked by and just kind of <laughs> stared at you, like with this mafia stare. I was like, yo. You kind of you turned and looked look at me, and you were like, oh,
4: yeah. There's chicken alfredo here. Could you please move <laughs> along? Oh, Jason, good to see you, good to see you. Uh, no, I, I do wear a lot of hats, and a lot of folks in this business do wear a lot of hats, but we enjoy wearing each hat, uh, and it looks good on us, right?
1: It does look good on you, and, and if there's anybody that knows, I would say this Mississippi State football program, I- I inside and out, it's it, it's you. I mean, you're, you're kind of my go-to, and – I guess I'll just start by asking, here we are, the midpoint of 2021, after a tumultuous, crazy, weird 2020 season. You know, stadiums weren't full capacity. Tailgating was shut down. And here in Mississippi, I mean, that's that's a big deal. It's a big deal all across the SEC. So how would you assess the, the tenure of Mike Leach so far? Because you've got fans that are that are split – you know, one side of the fan base, they're pleased with the progress the the program seems now particularly to be trending upward. What say you about where the program is right now? How would you assess it?
4: I think it's on track. And if you look at Mike Leach's track record from, Texas Tech, Washington State, all the places he's been, it's usually historically been year three where you see the big movement, and you see Mississippi State kind of trending towards that direction. Now, this weekend is key. I believe, in my opinion, this is the swing game for Mississippi State to be able to be 6-6 and to get to bowl eligibility. Now, they could win this game and then win another game, like still one at Arkansas or Auburn. I think it's going to be tough to win the Egg Bowl, although they say you throw out all the records. But I think it's trending upward. And the problem is patience in the Southeastern Conference. And it doesn't help that your rival in year two is already in the national spotlight with a Heisman Trophy winner frontrunner. And so that doesn't help things. And Mike Leach does things different. He's kind of the ho-hum you know, guy. He's not your... Your typical coach in a lot of aspects, even though you and I have talked about it, he's old school, but he's different. I think that, and, and I think different in a good way, and I think in a lot of ways, Mike Leach is the same as a lot of people from here in the South. I believe he shares a lot of the same values and things like that. So I don't understand the whole 50-50. I think a lot of it is people thought that this offense, because they were told it's so easy to learn, I think are, are impatient with it. But the problem is it may be easy to learn, but it's all about repetition and execution. So therefore you don't have a spring. Well, you could say, well, you know, Ole Miss didn't have a spring. Or this team, that team, everybody didn't have a spring. And it's a first-year head coach like a Lane Kiffin, and all of a sudden the offense is is just soaring. Well, sometimes those things are hard to explain. I think – Kiffin inherited athletes to be able to run what he's running better, mm-hmm. maybe. Than, and you've had quarterback issues. We we saw the the whole situation with the uh, the, the transfer in from from Stanford and uh, KJ Costello. That was supposed to work out. It didn't. And I think people realize too that the air raid is going to take some time in the FCC. It was a ten game Southeastern Conference schedule a season ago. So every program's different. You have different personnel, you have different coaches, this, everything's different. It's hard to compare. I get the concept because the same thing happened with women's basketball at Mississippi State with Nikki mccray Benson, who has now stepped down for health reasons. When well, she came in, didn't get her club till, till July together. She didn't even see them in person till then. And so they were kind of behind. Well, so were a lot of other programs that had first-year head coaches. Some of those programs that did better hired from within. This was different. It was an outside hire. Who came in and she tried to run something totally different that I don't believe these players really were built to run so anyway back to Mike Leach it could be a variety of reasons why people are kind of 50 50 but honestly I think he's on track to do what John Cohen hired him to do that's to win football games have you competitive in games that you haven't been competitive in as of late and and let's face it, what are you what are you wanting as Mississippi State fans? What do we I want? Do we want to be Alabama? Well, everybody wants to be Alabama. Ole Miss wants to be Alabama, LSU wants to be Alabama, they are occasionally. So but what Mike Leach can do is bring you name recognition. He can bring you your seven to nine wins, have that occasional ten win, eleven win that special season like Dan Mullen had built. That's that's what we are at Mississippi State. Now, does that mean that you don't strive to be like Alabama? No, you do. I mean, you do everything you can to win. I think Mike Leach will get it done. He's got a defense coordinator that could do it, Zach Ornette. And uh, it's all about retaining him, though. But, like another member of the media said, and I agree with him 100%, I'll go ahead and give him credit. Brian Haydad was Super Talk Mississippi says he believes that Mississippi State will always have good defensive players and will always have a good defense no matter what. I think they might have a hiccup a year or two. I agree. So, I've gone a roundabout way just to say I think it's on the up, and people need to just relax a little bit. A lot of it starts up front. Well, any offense <clears throat> depends on your offensive line and how well they're going to perform and we've seen some up and down performances. I think that unit as a whole is getting better. There's kind of a sore thumb that's sticking out right now with the offensive line. We'll leave that alone, and until that could be corrected, you know you're probably going to see some more up and down, but Hey, they scored 45 points. I know it was against Vanderbilt, but a team that plays an aggressive defense, they don't do the normal drop eight, but confidence is something state needs, and that's something they have coming into this weekend's game.
1: Yeah, you just touched on something I think is very, very interesting. You touched on the fact that there are – that's just what we do in Mississippi. You know, if the shoe was on the other foot, Ole Miss fans would do the same thing or Ole Miss supporters. I think that there's a lot of folks looking at what Ole Miss is doing on offense and as a team in in Lane Kiffin's second year, but I don't think that people are factoring in what you just factored in so beautifully and eloquently, is that the cupboard was full of guys that fit that type of system that Lane Kiffin and Jeff Mm -hmm. Lebby want to run. The the cupboard was already stacked full. The table was set. Not to take anything away from Lane Kiffin's coaching ability, obviously, or Jeff Lebby's ability as a play caller, but they had more pieces and parts already put in place thanks to the dynamic recruiting of Matt Luke and his staff, that the regime that was there before Lane Kiffin arrived in Oxford. So maybe they had more pieces and parts in place thanks to Matt Luke, who's now at Georgia, possibly more so than what Mike Leach had. And then you had just a weird, off, different kind of season last year, and maybe Mike is still trying to recruit and get that cupboard restocked, so to speak. Is that essentially kinda of, kinda of what you're saying? Am I reading that right? Am I picking up on that right?
4: Yeah, he's gotta get his guys. Now, with his system, apparently anybody can run it. It's not like, oh well, you know, he can teach you to run the system. It's like well, we gotta get Joe Blow out of here because he's not fit for the air raid. I'm told how simple it is to install and how simple it is to learn because he keeps it simple and this, that and the other. It's repetition. Um, it's basically being in the right spot at the right time. You got to get your timing, better decision making by the quarterback. There's a lot of pressure on the quarterback to make those decisions. But yes, I, 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 here's the thing. Dan Mullen recruited for how long was Dan Mullen in Starkville? Ten years. He came in came in '09, left '17. So what nine? Anyway, he was there basically a decade. And so you you look at how he recruited, and then it's that same bring your lunch pill old school type smash mouth football offense with spread, but it was a different kind of spread than what some teams run like Ole Mrs. spread, but it's different than what Dan Mullen ran. And so like, for example, you have a Nick Fitzgerald. He's built to throw the football occasionally run first or second. And then you bring Joe Moorhead in whom I love. I think Joe Moorhead's a fantastic guy and I got along great. We still communicate from time to time. We're not best of friends, but there's an occasional communication congratulatory here and there, this that and the other. And you know, help him with a recruit, you know, or this, I probably shouldn't have said that, but you know what I mean? There was a kid here at mm-hmm. bridge camp. I was trying to help out and they were looking at him. So I just kind of, Hey, you might want to look at this kid. There's all these other schools looking at him and then state got in the mix. So, and I reached out to state as well. So that's how that went. There's no violations going on. So anyhow, so we've had some communication, but what Joe did was he came in and all of a sudden really complicated the offense with his terminology And he told me in the spring before he was going to just kind of slowly install what he wanted to install from his offense and maybe 60-40 use a lot of what Dan ran because that's what the kids were used to. We didn't see a lot of that. And now from the outside looking in, you know, watching film, observing, it was just complicated terminology, trying to force things, being stubborn hurt Joe Moorhead as far as certain wins and losses. That 2018 team could have been very special at state. Okay, so – then you fast forward and then two years he's gone and then you bring in a Mike Leach. And so the recruiting cycle hasn't really necessarily had time to flip in my opinion. And so then you don't have the spring. And I, so last year's fall was basically, basically your live spring, which was fine. Yes. Alabama won a national championship. They're credited for that. State went to a bowl game. They won it. They're credited for that. But essentially everything that happened last year was, it was kind of like it didn't count. It counted. If you won, If you did win, it didn't count. Does that make sense? (laughs) And so then everybody thought, okay, well now, you know, Mike Leach has had a fall, it's had a season in the spring, and there's still been some problems with decision-making. The penalties are too much. You look, okay, everybody will say typical Mike Leach. You, You play a clean game and you win against NC State, a way better football team than Memphis, bigger name than Memphis. Then you somehow shoot yourself Too many times in the foot to where you run out of toes and you lose that game with Memphis, who's not a good football team. You credit them for getting the win because they fought hard, but at the same time, State fumbled that one away. And I got a text message from an Ole Miss friend of mine during the game that said, you never play Memphis as Ole Miss or Mississippi Mm -mm. State. It's their Super Bowl. You have nothing to gain. I, I see where he's coming from. I'm okay with playing Memphis. I don't think that was a bad decision, but the state's got to execute. So you're still having some of those execution problems. They're Jekyll and They're kind of like the Saints in some ways, the way they've played on the offensive line. They've gotten a lot better. They have a very talented receiving core. I don't want to sit back and say Will Rogers is not the answer because I think he does some really good things. We're still seeing a progression from this kid. Everything's setting up for state to have a special year in year three, I believe. If everybody just sticks with it, you just might lead to a, cha- a chance. Part of the problem is, and, and I realize, look, it's expensive. I don't have to pay for a ticket. You know, I get a credential. I understand that. I'm not paying for, you know, wife and kids and, you know, all this, that and the other, to, to go into the games and blah, 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 when you can watch it on TV or listen on the radio, watch online, whatever. But it's going to take some support and some backing, folks getting into the stands, creating a really good atmosphere this weekend against Kentucky. Because this game is so important. I think can be very important to how well you do in year three under Mike Leach. I mean, that may be putting too much importance on one game. So I think a recruiting cycle, I keep going down rabbit trails, I promise I'm going to stay more focused to your questions and kind of slow down my answers a little bit, shorten them. But I think a recruiting cycle could help. And it, that's opinion. I could be way off. Somebody with a little bit more expertise listening says, no, he's way off. That's fine. But I think that there's just a process in learning a new staff learning how to win in this new system and stuff. And look, at the SEC. That's why that game against Memphis is so important because you win that game. Mississippi State is 5-2 and two right now with they loss to LSU and Alabama. LSU was kind of a swing game. I'm not going to sit back and say State should have won the game. I think they could have won the game, should have won the Memphis game. So you're looking at 5-2. and two. You're one win away from bowl eligibility. And so that's one of those non-conference non-power five games are so important in state blue ones so they're having to play catch up
1: he's jason crowder with wfca and the mississippi state football radio network when you look at this matchup this weekend you talked about kentucky number 12 ranked coming in it, it, this is a series that's deadlocked 24 wins apiece it's it's crazy when you think about it and You know, you've had up and down games. You've had, you know, years in this matchup where you just don't know what to expect. What do you expect Saturday? You know, you you should have a packed house uh, there at Davis Wade Stadium. Should be a great environment. Always enjoy coming there uh, for a home SEC game. It's always a lot of fun and should be a great environment Saturday. So... This Kentucky team, you know, this was a team that some thought they they could knock off Georgia. They looked good in spots against Georgia, but then Georgia, of course, did what they've done to everyone this year. They eventually ran away with it. But this is a Kentucky squad that can pose some problems for Mississippi State. What do you anticipate being the keys to victory for Mississippi State coming up Saturday? Well,
4: first of all, I think that it's going to be a slobber knocker in the trenches. Kentucky's going to want to come out and establish the run. State's good against the run, but that's Kentucky's bread and butter. Will Levis does have an arm, but offensively, it's run first, right? Chris Rodriguez Jr. has rushed for 775 yards and five scores. Um, he leads the league in rushing with 111 yards per game. So he's good. Even though State's good against the run, you know, we're gonna, it's going to be interesting. It's kind of like pitching versus good hitting. You know, Kentucky can hit well, but State can pitch well. So is it going to be the same as in baseball if State pitches well and kind of cools off the bats of Kentucky, which is their run game? We'll see. I think that Kentucky defensively is very tough and scrappy, but this Kentucky at 6-1 and one is not an old Miss 6-1. And, and I hate to keep referring back to the Rebels. I know this isn't a MSU podcast, so <laughs> State fans don't have to tweet me and send me messages get all mad at me. I'm just saying – because they're they're both good teams that are six one that have that have garnered a lot of national attention and should. I think Ole Miss is I mean, uh Kentucky rather is very, very tough, but they're kinda head scratching because when you look at Kentucky, they struggled against Chattanooga. They came from behind a 1-28-23. Are they gonna play more focused a good state than Chattanooga? Sure. It was a shootout with Missouri, 35-28. They, of course, took care of ULM to start the season 45-10. South Carolina, a team that's not very good. They won that one on the road 16-10. They hold on to beat a Florida team that is not very good right now, although they have good quarterback play. But they beat them 20-13, had to block a field goal late, you know, to win that one. LSU, sure, 42-21. We we see LSU's kind of Jekyll and Hyde right now. So, Georgia, they lost that one 30-13, scored late. Georgia, we know they're really good defensively. They do what they have to do offensively and can be good, but they don't have to be great offensively because of the defense they have. So it's kind of hard to tell if this Kentucky team is really good. I don't want to say a product of their schedule because they played a Georgia-LSU and a Florida. Florida was in the top ten in both polls when they played. So I guess my point is they're a beatable team, and the good news is State has them at home because State needs that swing game. Is it going to be Kentucky? I was going to say it would probably be more likely Auburn on the road, but then again, Auburn is now starting to play a whole lot better. Auburn's getting better quarterback play; they're playing better defensively. Arkansas on the road. They, they, I was thinking, no, there's no way, and now they're looking a little bit more vulnerable. But at the same time, that's a game on the road uh, against a, a team that State historically, you know, has kind of been back and forth with, but has kind of struggled with on the road. Now, I say historically, but as of late, State has done well against Arkansas, <laughs> except for last season. So. I think keys to the game for MSU is obviously going to be the thing defensively is you're going to have to stop the run. You don't want to give up big plays. Obviously, you have to take care of the football. They didn't against Vanderbilt. In games like that where you're going to be playing a team that's a lesser opponent, you can afford some of those turnovers. And in some cases, with an offense like Mike Leach's air raid, it depends on the type turnover. Is it going to be an arm punt, as they say? You know, is it's going to be a situation where you're deep in your own territory and it works like a punt, then that's fine. But I still don't like to see turnovers in the category because it limits your chances offensively and it gives them a chance offensively. So State is going to have to play very well when it comes to protecting the football. Um, and I think mixing and matching, I think running a little bit on Kentucky too for MSU is going to be key. And you don't want special teams to beat you. But you have to also be tough in the trenches. Anytime you play a Kentucky team, you got to be tough in the trenches because they kind of remind me of a lot of Mississippi State for the 90s. I heard that actually used this past week, and it is so true because they're not this juggernaut team, but they're tough enough to beat you, and they play with a lot of physicality. And so I think you're going to have to match that this weekend in Starkville. Those are some of the big things for me Uh, here early on without really diving into this matchup just yet. Those are some of the things I think State's
1: going to have to do. I'll, I'll ask you this question before I let you get out of here. Is there anything outside of Starville, Mississippi State, or even the state of Mississippi, is there anything in college football that has grabbed your attention? You know, officiating has been a bit hot topic of discussion here in the SEC. Of course, everyone thinks Michigan is back. Whatever, we'll see. Of course, the college football rankings come out, I believe, on Tuesday, next Tuesday. So is there anything in college football that is – caught your attention? Anything interesting? Anything that's kind of made your blood pressure, you know, go up a little bit? Anything stand out to you outside of Mississippi and possibly the SEC?
4: off the top of my head, um and on the fly here, I think the the thing that is most interesting to me this year has been the level playing field in a lot of ways Mm. in college football. Now, are there a lot of teams on the level playing field with Ohio State? No. Alabama, no. But Alabama at times has shown some vulnerability. Ohio State has shown some vulnerability. Oregon, the same way. Oklahoma is not that good. Clemson is going through a down year. Who would have thought? And so, now all of a sudden, it looks to me like college football is wide open. I mean, it really honestly is. Alabama has pressure on it. Yes, they beat Ole Miss, and they beat them handedly in Tuscaloosa. But At the same time, Ole Miss is breathing down their neck. Tennessee just gave Ole Miss some hope the other day because they had an Alabama sort on the ropes. Alabama's still Alabama because they have all those five-star athletes and they're well-coached, but they're still showing some vulnerability where they can let their guard down. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, it's really good defensively, but, I mean, I just like how wide open college football is right now. It is making it more fun. You don't. I mean You go into games, you say, "Well, such and such is going to win, such as such is going to win." They're, you know, name their score, but then it ends up being interesting. So it's making things hard to predict, making Vegas's job very difficult. And, but I like it. I like the—I don't want to say the uh, level playing field. Parity is the word I'm looking for because there's still teams that are going to out-talent you, and they're still a better coached than you. But at the same time, it's kind of been fun through halfway, over halfway through the season so far.
1: He's Jason Crowder, host of SEC Update with WFCA. I just call him the man with a full hat rack because he wears so many different hats, right? What hat do you not wear?
4: (laughs) I see. I got quiet coffee, so intern (laughs) hat I wear. Uh, (laughs) All right, Matt, Matt, if you're listening, I'm going to give you a hot dog next week. This weekend, I'm going to make sure Matt has a care package in there in the radio booth. He's going to have his hot dog and... Gonna put all the condiments on that he likes and, and I'll make sure he's going to be handed ice cream at halftime and all that kind of stuff. And Matt Matt's a fantastic guy, really good friend, and of course, you know, I don't mind getting Matt coffee. I'm just making a joke. Uh, that did not bother me one bit, but yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Um, uh, there, there's a lot of things I do. A lot of things I do, you know, and it's it's tough because you know, if if you do your job well, uh, you, you got to prep well. and um, And so there's number one amcc taking on icc on thursday night i don't know when this podcast is going to air and i got to play by play for it and Oh, by the way sometimes you have to fill uh fill in talent uh, because the normal color guy can't be there he's got a high school football game he's got to do because games removed from friday to thursday in his classification so rocky felker is going to join me in the booth and, oh cool uh, so then on friday night i've got a high school game i do those occasionally not every friday night I do a scoreboard show on WFCA every Friday night, a pregame show on WFCA uh, that covers Mississippi State on MSU game day. Uh, that that runs all throughout the year. So, yeah, I worked all the way through the end of June covering Mississippi State all the way to the national championship, baseball. So um, it was a very, very short off season. But, hey, we live for this stuff, right?
1: Yeah, we live for it. I'm glad you said what you did about the, oh. the prep work. You and I were joking before the, uh, before the interview started. And just, yeah, I, I wish folks – knew just how not easy this is. We're not fussing and complaining. Don't get me wrong. No, we but love it. We, we love it, but it, it takes, it's a grind.
4: You don't pull stuff out of your hat. Hey, by the way, I forgot. Um, I do women's basketball for Mississippi State right. uh, on the radio network, and we're two weeks or less than two weeks away. November the 9th, MSU opens up their season. They play November the 1st, the exhibition game, but I don't have radio for that. I get to sit back and observe. So, uh, yeah, I've got that coming up. So, November usually is – Probably the busiest month uh, of the year, no doubt.
1: Well, I don't know when I'll see you again. I, I, I'm pretty sure I'll see you Egg Bowl night because I know I'll be there for that. No. So if you'll be there for or that, that. I'll, I'll bump into you that night. Up. Always yeah. good to bump into you, my friend. Yeah,
4: yeah. I've got a uh, Thanksgiving tournament uh, in Daytona, Mississippi State women's basketball. The Bulldogs are taking on Michigan at 11 a.m. on Thanksgiving Day. I'll be uh, watching the game, but I'll be uh, doing it from the beach.
1: You'll be doing it from Not the beach. Not on vacation. No, we'll no. walk to be. No, we Chance, But <laughs> we we don't get vacations, and if we do, it's called the off season, and that's not really much of a vacation, is it? So you know,
4: it, it's still fun. It doesn't help though. Now I'll I'll be honest with you. I went with women's basketball to Hawaii Thanksgiving of 2016, and we left really early. I think we didn't play till Friday night, so we left like on a Tuesday morning, which is understandable because it's a five hour difference in time, and it's a long travel. It's a ten hour flight from Atlanta. And so, and by the way, when I got back from that trip, I, I feel for flight attendants that have to do all these uh, flights regularly because I was exhausted. But I did take two days selfishly. I didn't go to practices. I didn't, you know, um, I didn't go to shoot around on game day. I think I did. Actually, I think I did because I had to test equipment. But I said, Wednesday and Thursday, I'm not doing anything. I'm not going to practices. I'm not going to meetings. I'm looking at scout. I'm in Hawaii. And I'm actually taking off at least a day or two from my normal job at WFCA to be here. So I feel like I don't really – if as long as I'm prepared for the game and I do the broadcast on Friday night, I don't have to go to practices. The Big Schaefer was one of those that thought you really needed to. That's kind of interesting. And I did go to practices. I'll never forget several – I've got 100 Big Schaefer stories. But one of them was when we had to fly out early because of weather. Uh, to Columbia, South Carolina, because there was a threat of icy weather here, and so we flew out. I think like on a Tuesday when we would normally fly out on a Wednesday for a Thursday night game. So anyway, so I was having to take off a day from work, and you know, hey, the WFCA is great. We have great vacation days here, and uh you know, they work with me on um, being out for sports and all that kind of stuff. But I thought I'm just going to kind of sit back in the room and we'll watch some movies. I've got some prep work I'll do, but. So um, I'm a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a me day. I'm going to go to the workout room, get on the treadmill, this that and the other. Well, I was talking to one of the assistant coaches, and she was kind of thinking with me about not going with them to practice. And this was not a shoot-around. It was going to be like a three-hour practice. And we were just down the way from Colonial Life Arena, where um, that's where the Gamecocks play. And so I, I could walk it if I wanted to. Well, as Vic's walking by, he hears the conversation, and he said, yeah, this ain't no staycation. And I'm like, well, first of all, it's not my fault. We had to fly out early, and I'm taking off from work. And I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to have the interview done with you. I'm going to be doing the game. I will be at some practice, but I'm not sitting there for three hours, you know, anyway. So when there's some other things that I could be doing. So normally I go, but Vic Schaefer was kind of a big one in, about going to practices and all that kind of stuff, and that's fine. But he's not here anymore, so that's fine. I'm, I'm sure Coach Novak will, will uh, let me skip a practice or two. But on road trips, I'll be there
1: i don't think anybody's I, gonna I, 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 question your work ethic
4: <laughs> and i'm like i looked over at aqua aqua franklin she was the uh she was the assistant coach at the time he's now the head coach at lamar and uh i went was he joking she was like i think he's joking but he did very sternly this ain't no staycation but um yeah anyway so yeah i've got a bunch of stories of course. Now you may have to let me get to where I'm either not doing this anymore or retired before I come on a podcast with you and tell you some of these stories. Like Everett Kennard always tells me when I say you should write a book, he said that he'd have to go into witness protection. <laughs> so uh, if you wrote a book, and I've heard a lot of those stories from Everett, and I'm like Everett, I'm like, e- you got to tell these stories, buddy. You got to, you know. And I've heard some doozies, and uh, some of them I'm like, whoa. And uh, anyway, so. It would get. I don't want to say somebody in trouble, but you know, they wouldn't appreciate that being written in a book. That's why I said he'd have to go into witness protection. But when you've been driving the bus as long as Everett Kennard, you've been seeing a lot of things over the years. and so, uh, but, it, but sports casting's fun, the travel's fun, the games are fun, and excited for another basketball season that we hope uh, will, will be okay. And State will be in a coaching church this year, so it's going to be interesting to follow. Yeah, Women's basketball, that is.
1: Hey, always appreciate you uh, hopping on with us on the KDMC Guest Line. He's Jason Crowder with WFCA, host of SEC Update that you hear on our platforms, and uh, look forward to seeing you down the road soon, man. It's always good to catch up with you. I hope to talk to you again down the road.
4: Same. Same here. If you ever need anything, let me know.
1: Absolutely. He's Jason Crowder, folks, joining us on the KDMC Guest Line. We take a break and come back with more right here, Just Saying, on the Spirit Media Network. Hello, I'm Gary Jolly from The Tractor Store. Landowners, your Mahindra dealer is ready to give you special savings on
5: the toughest tractors and utility vehicles on earth. during the Mahindra Red Tag Sale. Hurry in for up to $7,900 in cashback savings and Red Tag Savings, only from Mahindra. Head on over to The Tractor Store for great savings.
0: Learn more about the world's number one selling tractor at The Tractor Store in Richland.
2: During times of uncertainty, it's comforting to know we have a healthcare system in our community that's been committed to supporting us for well over a century. In this current time, we are standing together and our bond is stronger than ever. KDMC, caring for our community like no one else can.
0: is driven by the Mississippi Department of Transportation reminding you that every day is game day. Download the MDOT smartphone app today and check out the Mississippi roads before heading out to your favorite destination. MDOT, a proud supporter of the Spirit Media Network. Now let's keep Jason in between the ditches with another segment right here on Just Sayin'.
1: all right we roll on here on just saying on the spirit media network glad that you're listening wherever you're listening whether it's on spotify you could be listening on itunes google play we're now on amazon music which i i love amazon music use it for a lot of different playlists and i wanted to ask our next guest on the kdmc guest line what his current playlist is this is kind of a recurring theme with with us talking about music and what what playlists we're, we're listening to he's Ole miss athletics director Keith Carter so all right so when we sat down for audibles last year it was you were kind of on the the bro country a little bit and a little Tracy Lawrence so has that changed any what, what's on the playlist now
3: yeah you
5: know hey Jason thanks for having me first of all um you know I'm still still kind of on that same. That same genre of, of music, that's kind of my favorite, but I actually I actually just pulled up my playlist that I have on, on Amazon and it's called Keith Jams. that's what nice. it's called. I've added some Brooks and Dunn to it. Neon Moon, one of the, one of the best songs of all time. I've got some Jamison Rogers, which is a local uh, baseball, baseball uh, Mississippi you know product. It's got some stuff out on the radio now. I've got Waymaker, which is uh, some Christian contemporary. Mm-hmm. And then I've added, uh, and then, then I've added, which is kind of weird and this, this whole list, but I've added Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue, which is on there. <laughs> so, uh, just kind of an eclectic group of, of music here, but, uh, I like good music, man. What can I say?
1: Oh, I love it. The Passion version of Waymaker is the one I always I mean, I like any version of that song, but the the Passion worship band version of that that song, I think it was recorded at the New Year's uh, event a couple of years ago. is pretty good if you hadn't checked that one out. So yeah, that, that's a pretty eclectic, uh, you know, I was talking with someone last week, you know, I'll, I'll go from, you know, Poison Bon Jovi, Brooks and Dunn to C.C. Winans Passion Worship Band or something like that the next, and then, then it'll be Credence Clearwater Revival, like I'm all over the place, man. Speaking of all over the place, there were people all over the place last weekend on campus in Oxford. A gorgeous day. You could not have asked for better weather, but I'm curious just through your eyes as athletic director at Ole Miss, the Jersey retirement ceremony for Eli Manning had to be put off from last year to this year because of COVID. I can't imagine you in your mind. I don't think it could have gone any better, but I'm curious, like through your eyes, you know, how would you frame up last Saturday?
5: Yeah, you know, I, I I would agree 100%, you know, just kind of the short answer. But, you know, I, I think as I've kind of reflected on it, you know, since Saturday, and, and really just it's the full weekend, you know, you start Thursday night with the M Club and, and bringing, you know, Eli into the M Club Hall of Fame, you have a great event on Friday night with former, you know, football players and a lot of Eli's teammates. And then obviously, we all know, you know, what Saturday was like. But, um, you know, I, I kind of reflected on it, and I, and I was just thinking, you know, Ole Miss has been waiting for this weekend for a long time, you know, just for a lot of reasons. You know, you, you think about the NCAA case and the hangover from that and a couple years of, you know, the the product on the field not being quite as good, and, uh, you know, last year you have COVID, and then all of a sudden you have this weekend with LSU and just all of these kind of things happening on the weekend and and it really just, you know, was the perfect storm for just a great Ole Miss weekend. And, you know, so many people this weekend were talking about, you know, what happened 35 years ago when, when Archie got his number retired. And I think there will be people talking about this weekend, 35 years from now saying, you know, Hey, I was there. Uh, That was one of the greatest Ole Miss weekends that I bet I can ever remember. And, uh, you know, I just think it, it couldn't have been more perfect and so happy for everybody in, in Rebel Nation, the, the Mannings, just, you know, so many people, Coach Kippen and the players on the team to see a full house, which they had not seen before. You know, you just can't, you can't say enough, you know, great things about the weekend and you know, our hope is that it's the first of many, you know, that we're going to be able to to keep pushing and, and have great weekends moving forward as well.
1: I know that you're in constant communication or somewhat constant communication with, with the Manning family. I mean, what was their reaction in conversations with you? What was their reaction when, when discussing the, the ceremony and just how everything went with you? What was that like?
5: Well, it was awesome. And, you know, in typical Manning fashion, you know, you get texts, you get calls from them saying, you know, thank, thanking us for the weekend. And I'm like, well, thank you for the weekend. You know, I mean, thank you for, for, for being who you are and, you know, be, being just such great ambassadors for, for Ole Miss and Ole Miss Athletics and, and just the class that that family has is, is second to none. So it was awesome, you know, and, and I think, again, that, Um, it it was, you know, as Eli was kind of waiting in the tunnel to to come out, uh, right before halftime, you know, he's with his family and then they all came out to get ready to go on the field. He waited back for a minute. I just, I took a step back there and I said, Hey, just soak it all in, man. You know, soak it all in 60, almost 65,000 people, um, here to, to watch you in this great honor and. Um, you know, I think he was getting a little emotional at that time, which which was awesome, and um, just so much fun. And, you know, Eli and, and all the Mannings, we, we love them to death, and couldn't have been a more perfect weekend.
1: You know, looking at the the turnout from the students, you know, Coach Lane Kiffin, uh, you know, uh, your, your Twitter account, Ole Miss marketing has been all over. They've been fantastic, the whole marketing team there at Ole Miss. They wanted a full stadium, and they got it. And just rewinding to – Last year, when when you jumped on the podcast and we were navigating through COVID and half empty stadiums and tailgating was shut down and you just look back to last year and you fast forward to this year and how much we missed it, you know, through your eyes, you know, seeing those full stadiums, seeing the tailgating sections full, just frame that up for me, your reaction when you saw those tailgating tents full Saturday and, and a full stadium Saturday, when you look back at what we went through last year
5: it's amazing and you know i go i go do the uh, the pregame radio show you know at our setup there in the grove uh, about you know right after the walk of champions and i was just sitting there waiting to go on air and i'm looking out over the grove and, and literally you know red as far as you could possibly see and i just did a quick video and, and put it on twitter and just said you know see it red as far as you could see it, it was just awesome you know and you could just tell there was a buzz there was an electricity. Uh, in the Grove, and, and we knew that it would come to the stadium as they came over for the game. But, you know, I, I've said it, and I mentioned it earlier, like, you know, Coach Kiffin has not seen, he he's seen a full stadium on the other sideline when he came in as Alabama, but he had not seen one, you know, as a the head coach yet, and, and most of these players had not seen, you know, what they saw Saturday. So, uh, I was just happy for them. You know, I felt like all the fans had a great time, um, you know, enjoyed themselves. As you mentioned, the weather was just perfect, and Um, just something that we've all been waiting on, you know, and and to be able to, to, you know, enjoy that experience with, you know, 65,000 of our best friends, um, you know, it's something that we'll never forget.
1: He's Ole Miss Athletics Director Keith Carter joining us on the KDMC Guest Line right here on Just Saying. When you talk about all the projects, you know, I mean, we we look back to May when Coolidge Ball, his statue was being unveiled and now there's talks of a a reconstruction project within Vault hemingway Stadium. What can you tell us about kind of how that's going to look, when it will start and and when the goal is to kind of have it finished? Are, Are you guys looking to have it ready before the next football season. If you could kind of frame that up for folks that what all are you guys planning on doing w- within that reconstruction project of all Hemingway Stadium?
5: Yeah, we, we've we got some really cool things that, you know, are about to roll out here over the next several months. And we, we've uh, been working with a master planning company, HOK, out of Kansas City for the past, I don't know, eight or nine months and um, done a lot of great work. and And we're getting toward the end of that now. Uh, the plan is to unveil really everything officially around the bowl game, hopefully in early January. And, um, you know, we're excited about obviously what the team and Coach Kiffin are doing there and, and know we're going to end up in just a fantastic bowl. And so that's going to be great. And it'll give us an opportunity to, to have an event, roll this out officially, um, you know, our master plan and, and our capital campaign. But, you know, really it's going to be, Jason, probably seven or eight different projects. We're going to start with the Manning Center, which we will actually start construction on that in January of of 2022, so just a few months from now, um, about $40 million that we're going to put into that. Uh, we're going to do a renovation to our softball stadium, our soccer stadium, uh, phase two of our golf project, uh, which is exciting, uh, and, and probably three or four, five different projects that will, will be on, you know, that part of the master plan as well. But then, you know, the, the big piece that's kind of running, you know, in a parallel path with, with those master plan products is the, the renovation to the west side of the stadium. And so, you know, we're, we're going to bring all of that down to this lab and, and really start back over with a, with a blank canvas and, uh, you know, really excited about, you know, some of the possibilities for that and, you know, the new premium areas and things we're going to be able to offer from an amenity standpoint. Uh, you know, one of the things I'm excited about and, and one of the things that we've been dealing with every week here is just you know, the the ease of, of use for concessions and bathrooms and those type of things. So being able to go in, again, with a blank canvas and build concourses and concession areas where people can move freely and get through lines quicker and, and all those things. So um, this will give us an opportunity to do all of that. So uh, we're excited about it. And again, you know, ready to roll that out here in January.
1: There's so many good things going on right now at Ole Miss. Obviously, the football team is in the middle of, I mean, one of the best starts they've had in, in a few seasons under Coach Kiffin. And, of course, Kermit Davis, we got to see him a few weeks ago with you there at Ole Miss. Uh, basketball season right around the corner. He's really excited about the season he's got coming up. The women's golf team just winning the national championship. You've got soccer going on. you got so many good things going on at Ole Miss. And when I look back to the conversation we had when we sat down for audibles, I mean – you had to hit the ground running and when you look back at i don't know just kind of that whole process and you fast forward to now just all the positive things going i mean you you have to feel good about where Ole miss athletics is am i framing that up right
5: yeah we, we feel great you know about where we are you know last year in the covid year was statistically the best year we've ever had in Ole miss athletics we finished number 22 in the director's cup which is a uh, a rating of all the athletic departments based on their their postseason in, you know entries and how those teams did in postseason and so uh, the highest before that was 38 so we we improved by 16 spots and you know we're off to a great start this year with with football and volleyball and, and soccer and cross country so we're we're excited about it you know you mentioned uh, men's basketball you know they're really excited about uh, Kermit's team and, and the things they're going to do this year but you know women's basketball with Coach Yo and, and her team you know they got a chance to to certainly be a tournament team and and make a run one of the best players in the country and Shakira Austin. So I'm excited about them. And and then obviously that'll roll into our, our spring sports, which um, you know, all of those teams, you know, are projected to to do really well. So, um, you know, I think for us, you know, the goal really since day one for me was to be consistent. You know, we wanted to create programs that, you know, weren't just going to win every now and then, but where every year we'd have a chance to get to the postseason and make a run and, Uh, and have that consistency that maybe we haven't quite shown over the years. But I tell everybody all the time, to me, kind of the golden rule of of college athletics, really anything in life is that, uh, you know, things are probably never as good as they seem. They're probably never as bad as they seem. So we we don't want to get too high when we're doing really well. And certainly when we're down a little bit, we don't want to get too low. We want to keep it consistent and, and keep doing the things we're doing to be successful.
1: So I have to ask this question because if I don't then then I'll have some people say, "Well, why didn't you ask him this this obvious question?" We know what it's like for for coaches because they get asked in the press conferences when their names are being attached to other jobs. They they get asked directly, "Hey, what, what do you make of this? What do you make of that?" And I think coach Kiffin has handled it pretty well, but I'm curious through your lens, what does that do to an athletic director when you hear, "What are your coaches his name is being tossed in the hat. What does that do to an athletic director? I mean, how, how do you handle that? Hearing Coach Kiffin's name being thrown around in all of these different jobs, not not at Ole Miss. I mean, how do you deal with that?
5: Well, you know, I think first and foremost, I mean, that's a, that's a good thing. You know, when things like that are happening, it means that uh, your coach is doing a fantastic job. You're winning a bunch of games. and. Uh, you know your program's in a really good spot, so you know you're you're glad in some ways that that your coach is being mentioned for some of those because it means we're doing great things here. Um, you know I think we knew when we hired Coach Kiffin that that this was probably going to happen. You know a guy like him who's you know obviously been in some very high profile places, has a lot of great experience, and you know but now being back in the SEC and being successful, well of course people are going to going to notice of that and 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 pay attention to it. So. Um, you know, I don't think it's anything new and, and anything that was unexpected. But you know, to your point, at the same time, it, it certainly makes you you pay attention to that, to those rumors, and to those type of things that are going on. So, uh, you know, we love Coach Kiffin. Um, You know, we want him to be here for a long time, and and we're gonna do everything in our power to to make that happen. And you know, I'll be honest, I think he likes it here. I think he he realizes that that Oxford is a place and, and Ole Miss is a place that uh, will support him, give him the resources he needs to be successful, and. Um, you know, he and I have a great relationship. So you would love for this not to come up every single year. But, uh, you know, again, when your coach is successful and, um, you know, there's probably only a, a few places out there in the country right now that, you know, a coach is kind of there and they know he's there. And so we'll continue to, to work with, with coach and, and, and certainly, you know, want to do everything we possibly can to keep him here for a long time. Because I think that consistency with the coaching staff and, and style and, uh, you know him getting to know Oxford better and Ole Miss better. Uh, it's, it's only going to make us stronger in the
3: future.
1: Of course, the number nine Rebels at Auburn, number eighteen ranked Auburn, coming up this weekend on the plains. So hopefully uh, the Rebels got some guys back this week. They had a lot of injuries going on, and so hopefully the Rebels will be ready to go coming up Saturday night. By the way, before I let you go, I saw you on a video, uh, Ole Miss basketball and, and Kermit Davis shooting some free throws there for a charity challenge here just a little bit ago um you still got it you still got it man
5: well I, i'm gonna this is gonna be a full disclosure moment <laughs> right now um because uh i actually missed my my first free throw i missed it <laughs> and so it was some very creative editing by uh our, our communications folks that they i made the second one so they they that's the one they put on on social media so uh, I owe those guys a, a bonus check later or something but uh you know it is cool kermit had a great event, and uh, basically the, the students were able to come in. And uh, if you showed up, it was a dollar that he would pay to charity. If you made your free throw, it was $10. And then if you made a half-court shot, it was $500 that he would pay to, uh, I, I believe, a, a cancer charity, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, I think he raised about $10,000 that he's going to pay. And, uh, you know, obviously really fun, new interest in the program. But it was a great turnout, and, you know, I was honored for him to ask me to come out there and, and a couple shots up.
1: Hey, appreciate your time and always enjoy uh, catching up with you. Enjoy uh, seeing it at the games. Of course, a big one this weekend, Ole Miss at Auburn. I hope the Rebels can pull it off and uh, keep up the great work. Always good to see you at these games and uh, appreciate your time with us every time we get to catch up. We really appreciate it.
5: Sounds great, Jason. Thanks for having me, man.
1: He's Keith Carter right here on the KDMC Guest Line. We take a break. We come back with more right after this break on the Spirit Media Network.
2: Hey, sports fans. This football season, MDOT wants to ensure you get to your game day destination safely. So before you hit the road to watch your favorite team, be sure to download the MDOT traffic app. The M. Traffic app is free for both Apple and Android devices and remember to drive smart on the way to the game. That means buckling up, obeying the speed limit, and avoiding distracted driving, especially when traveling in work zones. For more information, follow at Mississippi DOT on Facebook and Twitter. When it comes to cooking meals, drying clothes, heating water, and my home, natural gas from CenterPoint Energy is the best way to go. It saves money, offers comfort, and is better for the environment, so whether you're buying a new home or just replacing appliances go with clean burning affordable natural gas from right here in the u.s
0: at center point energy we are investing in infrastructure to help bring comfort and savings to you visit centerpointenergy.com natural gas benefits to learn more center point energy always there
1: great show that was a lot of fun thanks to all of the guests who joined us on the kdmc guest line we appreciate their time so much taking time out of their schedules to join us here on just saying we appreciate them so much and wow that's a pretty good show to to have before you take a hiatus we we won't be here next week we'll be on location and spending time preparing and getting ready and taping Episodes of audibles with yours truly hope you'll check out that show there's a listing on our youtube channel just check out audibles with jason scorborough check out the latest interviews we've got there and all that we've got coming up and if you're in the jackson area you can watch it live on wjtv news channel 12 every sunday night at 1105 following sports on sunday with noah newman and his crew at WJTV, also a simulcast on WHLT, CBS 22, in Hattiesburg. Before we get out of here, you know we always do this, our verse of the day talks about servanthood. We could all take a page from this in a society where it's all about me, 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 selfies, self-gratification, self indulgence, self, 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 self on Facebook, on Instagram, on Snapchat. I mean, everyone, it's all about me. It's all about, no, no, no. This talks about a servant's heart. A verse of the day comes from Philippians chapter two, verses six through seven. Though he was in the form of God, did not count equally with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of of men. So here's the thing. If the greatest to ever walk the earth can take the form of a servant, if Jesus can become a servant for us, we should and need to become a servant for others. It's not always about us. Let's just be honest. It should rarely be about us. It should always be about others and always be about serving Him and trying to be His hands, His feet, and His heart. You're in a really dark world. I know it gets hard. I know it gets tough. But that's what we're called to do as believers. And hey, if you're not a believer, you want to hear about this Jesus that we talk about with our verse of the day. Our contact information is on our website, spiritmedianet.com. Feel free to reach out to me. I'm very easy to find and would, would love to talk to you. If you ever have questions about faith and, and anything, really, just reach out to us. We'll be glad to talk to you. So that'll do it for episode nine. I can't believe we've only done nine episodes going back to last year, but... Here we go. Episode nine in the books. Hard to believe. And we'll take next week off to prepare for audibles and be back here in a couple of weeks. So hope you enjoyed the show. Subscribe, pass it on to your friends. Be safe this weekend. Have a great weekend trick or treating. Hopefully not all of you are trick or treating. (laughs) Some of you too old for trick or treating. So uh, hopefully you'll be taking your kids doing that. So have fun. Be safe. Uh, Attend a church of your choice coming up Sunday, if you would, or watch online. We encourage you to do that as always. So be safe. God bless you. We'll see you down the road. And Thanks for listening to Just Saying right here on the Spirit Media Network. So long, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to Just Saying with Jason Scarborough, produced and recorded by the Spirit Media Network. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or the TuneIn Radio app. We'll see you next time for more thought-provoking commentary right here on Just Saying with Jason Scarborough.